Good to have you back. Bill Michael Show, hour number three. Next hour, the Hall of Famer Jerry Kramer is going to be joining us. Stay tuned for that. Packers getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night football at Lambeau Field. And, Grant, did you know this is, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is Patrick Mahomes' first visit to Lambeau? So, I, yeah, I had Cowherd on in the studio here just on mute, and I saw that. I hadn't thought about it, but, yeah, he's been in the league for a while, but he hasn't played at Lambeau yet this year or at all. He's checking it off his list. And to talk more about kind of the eye on the enemy, so to speak, uh, our buddy uh, Soren Petro is uh, joining us. He's a talk show host uh, on the program down there at Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City, following that championship team for a long time. Soren, how you doing? Oh, did we lose oh, him? We... There. Yeah. There? There, there we go. go. Hello. Okay. Hi. There we go. Good there stuff. we go. Awesome. awesome. So let, let's first of all, let's talk about uh, this, you know, this offense, because uh, so much has been made about the inability of the Chiefs to score in the second half of ball games. Is this just a, kind of an apparition or is this something you've noticed problematic for a while now? No, it, it's been problematic. I mean, I, I think, you know, last year the Chiefs had Tyree Kill leave and everybody said, oh, my God, what are they going to do without Tyree Kill? So that was like a, a, a big concern. And they overcame it, won a championship. But let's be clear, they weren't as dynamic offensively without him. That was a big step down, but they overcame it by being better in other ways. And, and Juju Smith-Schuster, when healthy, gave them a good, you know, uh, solid veteran receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster left as well. So the idea was, well, so what? You replaced Tyree Kill, you replaced Juju Smith-Schuster. It's, it's, you're, you're continuing to step down. Uh, I think the hope is that Rashi Rice, or I think Sky Moore, their second-year, uh, second-round uh, second pick, uh, the hope was that one of those guys would step up and fill the void, right? When you have uh, a quarterback as expensive as Patrick Mahomes, you can't have high-priced veterans everywhere. They're somewhat, as you always do in free agency, overpaying to have MVS be the take-the-top-off-the-defense uh, guy. So they needed it to come from within the draft, just as they pretty much built an entire secondary almost exclusively from in the draft. Uh, they were looking to do that with Sky Moore two years ago and Rashi Rice this year. Just recently, Rashi Rice has been starting to fill that void and had 100 yards, led the team in targets against the Raiders. And that's the hope coming down the stretch, that that will get fixed because Rashi Rice is losing, you know, the, the rookie newness, starting to get a feel for where Patrick Mahomes wants him in the offense, where Andy Reid wants him, how to make things work, how to read those option routes, and that they'll at least be back to where they were last year. I don't think they get back to where they were with Tyree Kill. Uh, and then throw in that Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's a real issue, but I think it's one that they feel like they're solving a little bit each week with the experience of their young receivers. The uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is interesting. I remember talking to him out at Super Bowl last year and obviously here in Green Bay. And then there's the highlight of him, which should have been bringing in that catch for a touchdown, and he didn't. Has he fallen out of favor? Does he still have the yips like he had here in Green Bay? Or is he just a guy that just had one bad moment that was highlighted very publicly, and he's still one of those go-to guys? Yeah, would you would you call him Yips or would you say the guy can't catch? I mean, uh, listen, <laughs> I'm being kind. kind. Yips Yips would would insinuate that at one point he could catch, and now he's just off kilter. Um, look, it's amazing how many of the uh, Packer drops, uh, how many of those gifts and memes uh, get sent the uh, Chiefs fans' ways uh, when when that Eagles game happened. Look. He has elite speed. In fact, one of the selling points about signing him two years ago was that he was the one guy that had clocked faster than Tyreek Hill uh, the year previous to the Chiefs signing him. And he's had his moments. And listen, he's one of those guys that even though he'll probably, like I said, in free agency, never live up to the contract that he signed, counting $11 million against this year's cap, 
14 million against next year's cap, about 10 million per year on average. He was giant in the AFC championship game last year against the Bengals when all their receivers were going down. Juju Smith-Schuster was out. They had really no one else to go to, and he came up big in that moment. And look, Frank Clark, they grossly overpaid when they got him before the 19th season in both what they gave up in draft capital and what they paid him. But he's he's like the third leading sacker in postseason history. He's the Chiefs' leading postseason sacker. He came up big in big games. So while neither that Frank Clark contract or this MBS contract is going to be considered a giant success, it's a cost of doing business in free agency. You overpay for what you get, and you hope that they're there when you really need them. Frank Clark was there when they really needed him, and MBS was certainly there when they needed him against the Bengals. Wasn't there against the Eagles. It's one that he has to catch, but – you hope when they really do need him later on, he will do it. So, so let's go to the defensive side of the football because the Packers and this offense is starting to click. Over the last four weeks, they've been pretty good. We've witnessed that. But this is the first time they're going to face really one of the top five defenses in the National Football League. The last time, you know, Spagnola, he ended up unloading the, the kitchen sink and just zero blitzing the hell out of Jordan Love. What do you suspect they do this time for this young uh, quarterback? You know, less of that because uh, Jordan Love's been around the block a few times, but there'll be plenty of blitzes. It's just in the nature of, of who Steve Spagnuolo is. A lot of coverage disguises. And I'll say this, as good as the Chiefs defense looks, it's probably actually a little bit better. The weakness, the scary part, if I'm a Packers fan, is their weakness is the run defense. They're down to number 19 overall. Some of the, uh, you know, more in-depth metrics will tell you they're even worse than that, that they're down towards the bottom two or three run defenses in the NFL. I don't think that's really the case. I think teams come in saying it's our only hope, and we want to really pound the rock because we want to keep the offense off the field. If the offense is scoring points, they drag people out of that that style of play. The Broncos were very effective at doing it because the offense wasn't scoring. So if the Chiefs receivers are dropping the ball, if their offensive tackles are picking up penalties, which they've done in buckets uh, this year, and the offense is sputtering, it gets easier to stay on the field with your offense and keep that Chiefs offense off the field because the defense is not what they're built to do. They understand you throw to win, you run when you're winning, so that defense is designed to stop your passing game. And they've got better upfront pass rush now. Chris Jones is still Chris Jones, but uh, George Karloftis last year's first round pick has really come on. Michael Dana, a former fourth round pick uh, out of Michigan last and one of the directional Michigan schools before that, but uh, was just kind of a guy you thought was just a jag, but he's really stepped up and is pacing towards 10 sacks this year as well. And it's kept their first round pick, Felix Onyedike Uzama, who they took from K-State at the bottom of the first round. It's kept him off the field because they've been so good up there. Then throw in the blitzing that uh, Steve Spagnuolo will do and really coming with the corners with Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. McDuffie had a two-sack game uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're very effective at putting pressure on the quarterback. And then while Trent McDuffie's emerging as one of the best corners, I think PFF has him top six or seven corners in the league. Legereus Sneed's grade looks bad, but they'll travel him with whoever the best wide receiver is. So all his numbers are really against whoever the number one wideout is. And then they have no holes. I mean, defense is a zero-hole business. And even with Nick Bolton going down, Drew Tranquil, who they got for a steal from the Chargers in free agency, really solidified that linebacking core. They're a great coverage team, really good. And if they want to come with six – They've got five guys that can cover man-to-man, no problem. If they want to drop back and flood the field with a zone uh, with seven guys, they feel like they can get to you with four. So this is by far the best defense Andy Reid has had since he's been in Kansas City and certainly the best Patrick Mahomes has played with. 
Legereus Sneed, I was going to ask you, does he end up, because Christian Watson has come on specifically in the game against Detroit, does he then follow Christian Watson everywhere he goes, or do they look at it as right now they don't have a dominant receiver in Green Bay, so maybe we just float him around to different guys, whoever has the hot hand? You know, I, it, it's kind of whatever Steve Spagnuolo thinks you're going to do. He's going to try to do the opposite. They they put him exclusively on A.J. Brown. He held A.J. Brown to one catch for eight yards. Uh, against the Dolphins, they mixed and matched, and they held Tyreek Hill eight catches, but only 68 yards on the day and forced a big fumble uh, that was picked up and run back for a touchdown that ended up being the difference in the game over in, in Germany. So he will do it different ways. And with Trent McDuffie really emerging, and like I said, he's got the better – uh, coverage numbers. Um, you know, he can play it different ways. You can't just say, well, we know he's going to do it this way because he's got depth in that D backfield. Like, like he's, he hasn't had the chiefs have done a great job. Give Brett Beach and that uh, scouting department, a lot of credit for being able to find corners. Cause McDuffie's a first round pick, but Legereus Sneed in the fourth uh, Watson came in the seventh, I believe it was uh, they've been able to find corners in all different rounds. You know, they lost Traverius Ward to free agency a couple of years ago. They walked on Marcus Peters, you know, quarter, corners are just, come and gone they've never really signed a guy now we think that'll change with Trent McDuffie maybe change with Legereus Sneed because I don't think they're going to spend the money on Chris Jones this next time and so maybe they'll do it to keep that secondary together but this is the best D backfield and I think that's what Steve Spagnuolo's best at he's getting a chance to really shine with this group uh, I want to go to the defensive side of football for the Packers. They are uh, right now ranked sixth best when it comes to pass rushing getting quarterbacks off their mark in less than two and a half seconds the one question I have is, I mean, if you want to pass rush, that's great. But if you don't get to Patrick Mahomes and you don't contain, he's pretty much his best at improv. So what do defenses do mostly against him? Do they try to collapse the pocket or do they just try to contain him, keep him in the pocket and not allow him to get outside and do improv? I think the new, when you look at the Chiefs offense, we all are pulling our hair out in Kansas City about the offense being so bad and you know, mathematically, it's still a top 10 offense uh, because they move up and down the field. I think teams have said, we'll give you the field goal. And by the way, Harrison Bucker, you know, knock on wood, if you're a Chiefs fan, hasn't missed a kick or extra point all year. So he is deadly all the way out to 60 plus yards. Uh, he's knocked them through. But they're pretty much saying you can have to the 20s and we'll bow up and we'll flood things in the back. I think teams like to come with just four or maybe just three even and put eight guys in back because they know Patrick Mahomes just can't keep his hand off the stove. He wants to go long. He waits to go long. Open receivers underneath sometimes will go, un I don't know, I don't want to say unnoticed, but maybe, uh, you know, unwatched, you know, not thrown to for sure as he waits for that big play to happen. And I think also they've realized that Travis Kelsey's his go-to blanket. Patrick said a couple days ago that Andy Reid challenged him during the bye week to trust his receivers. And I think what had happened, there had been so many drops and so many mistakes by some of these young receivers. He was really just locking into Travis Kelsey. The Eagles put two guys on Kelsey at the yeah, goal line yeah. and said, somebody else has got to beat us. I, I, I think that will be the plan. Drop a lot of guys, try to contain him with your pass rush. And then if you can get there slowly, fine, but don't let him get out on the run because he will beat you by running for first downs as well. Early in the season, I'm sure Chiefs fans looked at this game and said, you know what, just chalk it up as a win. It's a formality, maybe bad weather, maybe not, but it's a formality. Now with the Packers and what they've done three out of four uh, last games, they've gotten wins. Is there a little more trepidation coming into this game as a, on the part of the, uh, the Chiefs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, early on, it was like, well, this is one of the walkovers. You know, the Chiefs schedule, and this has happened the last couple of years, I think it's kind of the 
a winner's bonus. You know, you're the number one team coming off a championship. You're supposed to get the toughest schedule, but we find out is there are a lot of like fluky teams that finish number one and your schedule ends up being softer. And that's what this kind of looked like as well. I know that's not how the Packer game came up. This is a, a divisional game, but they've had a number of other games that are now playing down the Bengals they're going to get without Joe Burrow. The Bills are at 500. Their division has played worse uh, than it was supposed to, except for maybe the Broncos of late. And yeah, that's what they thought. This was another game where the schedule was smiling on them. And lo and behold, they start playing better football. So I, I think the fans and, and certainly the team, Andy Reid, never takes anybody lightly. I think they know that they've got a good game. They're always complimentary of the opponents. They're not usually ones. There was a Cincinnati moment last year where they put a little bulletin board material out for the Bengals, but that's quite an intense rivalry. They've been very complimentary of the Packers. I think, you know, some of us in the media dig in and say, well, yeah, Jordan Love's had four good games, but it's been against one mediocre pass defense and three bad pass defenses. Now, listen, he can only beat the people he's playing right, against. Maybe right. he would have beat great pass defenses. We don't know. I would say there's a lot of confidence, uh, certainly from the fan base, not as much as there was, but it will be a shock to the system if the Chiefs don't come away a winner. But I will say for me, guy that may like to have more than a rooting interest on the game, and I live on the Kansas side, so that's legal. Just to be clear, uh, I can't figure out why this spread isn't at seven, seven and a half. The fact that the odds makers are holding it at six, whether it's the Packers don't lose at home in December, or whether it's, you know, that was just one game for the Chiefs offense. What it is that's keeping that number down, I don't get because if the Packers can't run the ball, I think it can be a long, long day uh, for Jordan Love. But Vegas won't push that number up. And that's the thing that concerns me. The guys that built 4,000 room hotel and casinos aren't as confident as I think they should be, and that worries me a little bit. You got the Chiefs' top spot in the AFC. I think they're still the reigning champion until somebody knocks the crown off. Who is, in your mind, because the AFC was so deep coming into the season and things have changed so much, who is the real threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, do you think? Uh, it, it, it's 2024 Cincinnati Bengals when Joe Burrow is back. I think that's really the only team in the Bengals you know, Joe Burrow's got a winning record against Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. If he would come back, Tom Brady owns Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. Um, you know, those would be the two guys. Uh, really, there's no fear for the Ravens. The Ravens have been uh, up at the top spot a lot. But, you know, the Chiefs are going to make you play 60. And at the end, you're going to have to score. Look, I, I think you measure quarterbacks. And this is what I would say to Packer fans to find out on what you have on Jordan Love is when there's a minute 20 and you have one timeout, you're down four or there's 55 seconds and you have one timeout and you're down three, can your guy, when the other team knows he has to throw the ball, can he throw the ball downfield and get points? Lamar Jackson can't do that, right? The only two guys that have proven that they can do that are Joe Burrow and uh, Josh Allen. They're the only guys in the AFC that I think really scare people. And the Chiefs have had much more success against the Bills, and they're obviously having a bumpy road this year, so there's not a lot of fear. There should be more fear if the Bills – can get themselves righted, but with the Von Miller drama and everything and off the field, I shouldn't say drama, the, the horrible accusations that are there. Uh, you know, they, they really are, are kind of zeroed in that this is their year. The Chiefs are supposed to win. If they beat the Packers, they move back into the one seed because they've got the better conference record. They've got two NFC losses, so they would move back in front of Baltimore. Their schedule's significantly easier. Baltimore has four really tough games to finish the year. So this is the Chiefs' year. Listen, if they, if they don't go back to the Super Bowl – it will be, yes, it's always a disappointment when you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It'll be an even bigger one. This is their becoming their Super Bowl. My friend Eric Eager always likes to say, you know, whose Super Bowl was it? You know, the 19 Super Bowl was the Ravens Super Bowl. That's who everybody talked about. That was the 30-plus touchdown year for Lamar Jackson, and the Chiefs stole it from him. 20 was the Chiefs, and the Bucks stole it from him. Well, this is becoming the Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, if it's not theirs, it's the Eagles. 
and they're in the midst of a, of a big run. But it's certainly the Chiefs' uh, Super Bowl to play in from an AFC standpoint based on how most Chiefs fans and I think most uh, analytics people look at it. Soren, great stuff. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you up at Lambeau Field, and we will talk to you again real soon. Best of luck to you, okay? Can't wait to get there. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. There you go. Soren Pedro joining us uh, from 810, Sports Radio 810 down in Kansas City. Man, awesome breakdown. Awesome breakdown. Good stuff. And uh, he's right. A little surprise. Might be a few people that are, you know, betting on the Packers, but for the most part, I think the money has stayed the same because so many people are betting so heavily on the Chiefs in this particular case. Um, but maybe they move the line a little bit, but I don't think it's going to move too much, only for the fact that uh, the number has come down in the analytics. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, 56% of the replays or the playing of the game via prediction machine says that uh, the Chiefs will win, which is down from 61% uh, like three weeks ago. So it, it because of what the Packers did to the, to the Lions. So that's the reason I think the number has kind of remained the same. But what a what a good breakdown as Kansas City comes in and, and you know, you wouldn't you know it. I mean, you've obviously got the Packers right now, and their run game is not at tip-top shape because Aaron Jones has been ailing, and obviously with the groin issue, so is A.J. Dillon. So you're, you don't have this prolific run game to back you up right now against a team that can give up rushing yards. So it's going to come down to the arm of Jordan Love versus the arm of Patrick Mahomes. And like he said, you know, with a minute 20 to go and, you know, one timeout, you got to move the ball down the field. Can your guy do it? That's what it comes down to in a quarterback-driven league. And hopefully it comes down to that and we find out, which would be fantastic. But uh, thanks to Soren Petro for uh, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and giving us the breakdown. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. You know, down at uh, the uh, Rock complex in franklin wisconsin not just lux golf bays lux golf i mean lux golf bays are open but what they have going on down there with the enchantment is amazing if you haven't been there yet the entire baseball field is this enchanted lighted forest they have so much going on down there it's been in the news uh, all the news stations have been covering it it's been in the paper but you can go to lux l-u-x-e lux golf uh, for sure 
But I would check out the Rock Complex and Ballpark Commons down there because the they only do this in like four or six cities or something like that where they bring in this light display with ice skating and such. And it is magnificent. Whether you want to go down and take that special somebody and just walk around and kind of skate around the lights or walk around the lights or you want to take the kids, the family, there's everything from the hot cocoa stuff. They have visits from Santa. They have reindeer. They have just all kinds of stuff down there. It is just so cool. And if you haven't been there, uh, I highly, highly recommend it before it leaves because you'll, you'll, you'll kick yourself for not getting to it and checking it out. And the tree, I guess they've got this tree, this mammoth Christmas tree down there. Just huge. So, again, uh, you can check out Lux Golf Bays, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. But the Enchanted Forest lighted thing they got going on, I don't even know what the technical name for it is, but holy mackerel, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Everybody I've talked to that's been there said this is just spectacular, beyond anything. And I guess it comes from Canada. And they do it in, in different cities. They have these massive semi-trucks that spread out all over the country, and they do it in different cities. And so it's I don't know what it costs to get in, don't know, but I would highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. So, absolutely. Uh, 877-867-1670. Michael says, well, if the Packers don't get a rushing game going, it's going to be a long day. They're, they're going to need to have a semblance of a run. That I'll agree with. I don't think they have to run the ball at will, but you have got to have some semblance of a run game to take the pressure off of the pass game in Jordan Love. Now, here's the other thing to think about. If you can have something, get something out of A.J. Dillon, and remember – They've used Jaden Reed quite a bit. Now, not they're not running him 20 times a game or even 10 times a game, but you get two or three, four of those runs that they they like to incorporate to keep the defense honest. You get a couple of those. A.J. Dillon kind of grinds it out, even though he's got the groin issue right now, kind of grinds it out. Doesn't have to be big runs, just enough to give you good down and distance on third down. I think they can sustain. I, I Again, I – I picked the Packers to lose. I I did. And I picked Kansas City to cover. But I still say 27-20, 27-24, 30-24, something like that is, I think, where it's going to end up. That's that's where I think it's going to end up. It, it, didn't I pick uh, the Packers to cover, or the, uh, the Chiefs to win and cover the other night during the huddle, Grant? Didn't I do that? Yeah, I believe you took – I think we both took the Chiefs to cover, yeah. Yeah, because it was only at that point, what, a six-point game, I think is what we were looking at? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it, I think then it was a six-point game. It hasn't gone up anymore since then. I, I think we both felt okay about the Packers. I don't I don't think either one of us expect a blowout. Maybe if Aaron Jones was available, I'd feel a little bit better about the Packers' ability right. to cover. But that's a big one. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I picked the Chiefs to win and cover, but – I'm still hoping the Packers make I would I would love to see the Packers, even if they lose. There's no moral victories in losing sometimes, but this could be one. Where you face a team with a top-five defense, you face a team with a top-five offense, and if you go toe-to-toe with them at home and say they beat you 27-24, 27-21, 27-23, something like that, that's respectable. I, 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 you know, it's a one-score game. But if they beat you 35-17, and this thing's pretty much over at halftime, then no. It, it's then it's then all bets and everything we saw over the last four weeks are off because you just don't have the ability to play with the big boys. That's 
just my take on it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Hey, coming up, he woke up. Uh, our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS 58. We haven't talked to him about Brewers. We haven't talked to him about Packers. Uh, he is obviously the voice of Deportes uh, on for the Brewers broadcast. We want to talk to him about this Brewers team and get his thoughts on all of that. Don't forget, coming up in about 45 minutes, Jerry Kramer is going to be here, the Hall of Famer. We'll talk about his new uh, book coming out as well. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Big weekend going on this weekend. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill there on Pewaukee Lake. Ryan's got a great staff over there. They always have a lot of good stuff, but they have got the, te- te- uh, the tequila raffle ended today. So they're doing the drawing for that, but they have got uh, different things going on for benefits over there, whether it's the food pantry, great food and such, by the way. I mean, they have a lot of things just to draw you in anyway. Uh, music, they've got uh, different uh, uh, specialty nights. I know they do a lot of stuff during the week to bring people in, but on the weekends, the games are on. They have great pizzas, great wraps. The pig porker sandwich is out of this world. And I've, I go over there all the time for the chef salad. I know that kind of you roll your eyes at it, but I, I love it. It's loaded, man, whether it's turkey or ham or bacon or cheese or whatever. I mean, it's just it's a great salad. So even when I feel like eating a little bit healthier, I go to, go to Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Great place right there on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. And they will be open on Sunday night if you want to go in and catch the Packers and the Chiefs too. So good, good stuff over there. And thanks to them for all that they do within the community as well. Um, Mike says, anybody remember the name of the Packers DB? They got called for holding several times in a game. They even had him wear boxing gloves in practice. Oh, he was one of the guys that said uh, to Ed Hockley. He, when Hockley called him for a pass interference, I can't remember his name. God, I'm going to have to go back and look now. Was that Ladarius Gunter? Who... I vaguely um, remember this. I can't remember. Glove I'm gonna have story. to go back. I'm gonna have to go back and take a look at it. It seems like but. something Kevin Holden might remember. We could I ask was him. just gonna say Kevin Holden may know. Let's go to Kevin, who is now awake and alert. He's taking a five hour energy. He's standing on the balcony watching traffic go by. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Man, that's you know what's what's funny is other than the five hour energy, every bit of that's right, and it's only because the coffee hasn't come out of the coffee maker yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I want to start by asking you first, uh, let's get Brewers talk, uh, because uh, obviously you do the Brewers, the Deportes broadcasts, you follow baseball. Give me your thoughts on, on, on Craig Council leaving, the hiring of Pat Murphy, the bench coach that is Ricky Weeks, and where this team is at right now. Yeah, this is what a, what a crazy you know, change of direction from, from the end of the regular season. I don't know if anybody could have predicted pretty much any of this, but I think it starts with the idea that uh, I don't think anyone could have predicted that Craig Council would would literally switch sides of one of the big rivalries in baseball and end up on, uh, you know, in the Cubs dugout here starting in 2024. It's it's an interesting crossroads for the Brewers as a franchise because what's old is fading away very rapidly. And I don't want to call Craig Council old. I'm just saying he's part of the old the old guard, the old system now at this point. He's gone, and 
Pat Murphy was, uh, you know, his mentor, and Murphy is a tremendous baseball guy and a guy that the players have looked up to through the years. But I think the value of Pat Murphy right now is that his heyday, his best days as a coach were as a college coach. He won a thousand games in college, and he did this, you know, recruiting talent and bringing in talent and developing young men. And I think that is a little bit of a tell as to where the Brewers are about to head. Their strength down the road in the next couple of years is youth on offense. This is going to be all built around Garrett Mitchell and, you know, Bryce Terang and hopefully Joey Weimer and Sal Freelich. And the Brewers are about to throw a whole lot of money at Jackson Churio, who's not played a game for them yet. Uh, that's where they want their future to be. And I think Murphy's, in the position he's in because he's good at developing young men and connecting with young men. I think that part will work out pretty well. Having Ricky Weeks on board is fun. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the funniest thing that happened was in, in Murphy's uh, introductory presser, he's kidding around with the media, making jokes with media uh, members. And Ricky Weeks drops an inappropriate word in the presser that uh, thankfully nobody was carrying live. What a difference, because you didn't get any of that from Craig Council. So, at the very right. least, these next couple of years will be a lot of fun, you know? Yeah, I uh, I was saying that the yesterday we were talking about this, and I thought, well, if Christian Yelich can come in and play first base and DH, you've got a strong, young outfield that's controllable for a while, and if your DH and the power comes out of first base, then, you know, it, it makes Bryce Terang and his lack of bat at second base, but yet his defensive prowess much more acceptable if you have Adamas at short. Then you just kind of really need to go after a third baseman and stack your pitching, right? Yeah, and the pitching part is is what's going to change for this Brewers team because what they've had over the last five or six years is something that they haven't had traditionally in their history, which is two, and if you count for all to three, aces, true aces. And now Woodruff is gone with the injury, and the thought is that Corbin Burns will get swapped here in the offseason. Uh, so it'll, you know, the pitching is going to uh, turn over, and the Brewers will be back to where they've been, sort of uh, mortals on the pitching front and looking for good pitching. So it's that's a question that that is in constant need of an answer. Nobody on earth has enough pitching. The Dodgers, who have all the money in the world, are asking about Corbin Burns because they desperately need starting pitching. So. Uh, that's the, the Brewers will be back in the same boat with everybody else. That'll be the part I think that we'll miss a lot. Uh, but offensively, it's, they, there's a little bit of this that reminds me of, of 2006, 7, 8, when you had the young core when Weeks was a young player and Ryan Brown was coming up and Prince Fielder and Corey Hart, Jonathan Lucroy. And they were the basis of, of one of the more successful areas for this team. So, I think good days are coming. I, I think that it may bottom out for a year or two while these young guys figure it out and they figure out pitching. But, I, you know, I don't think the Brewers are, are headed for the 90s and 2000s. I think they'll they'll flip this and be competitive pretty quickly. Uh, do you like Pat Murphy as the, the new manager? I am a huge fan of Pat Murphy. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and I, you know, there's, there's a difference between the human being and the – and the manager, right? I, I think I think Murphy will do what he needs to do, you know, from a from a decision standpoint. I think he'll be fine. But uh, th- so this is the day that, that comes to my mind. I think it was June 11th. The Telemundo broadcast. Craig Council was gone. His kid was graduating, and Murphy was the manager. And the Brewers got swept by the Oakland A's somehow. Just just mm-hmm. the worst team in the last decade. And they came in and they swept the Brewers. And Pat Murphy sat up there. 
uh, on the podium and answered questions after the game and the accountability and the things that he was saying in that post-game press conference was terrific. And, and I guess I look at it differently because I'm looking for sound that I can run in the show. And, and he said things that I could say in a show that, look, this, this performance from this weekend isn't acceptable. We have to change this. We have to, you know, figure out what happens here and get back to, to being us and so on and so forth. And Murphy was genuine. He was open. He was honest. I think that approach is going to help him with the community. It'll help him with, uh, you know, just what you hear and see from him the media, but I think it'll help him with players. I don't know if Pat Murphy is going to be hugely successful, but I think Pat Murphy is a good guy for this role in this moment. I think Brewers fans, if you don't like him, I think you will. Uh, one thing before we flip over to Packers football, and I wanted to ask you the, the Cheerios deal. Uh, first of all, if you're a young kid and they're floating all that money out there, you would assume that he's going to take it. And then the, the, hopefully the Brewers benefit from that. But does that then, in your opinion, do you think because of what happened? And I said this a while ago after the whole council thing went down. I said something good PR-wise has to happen for this team. They have to spend some money. They have to do something. So they get rid of a couple of guys. They don't bring, you know, Canna back, and you thought he would stay. And, and you're kind of like, what the hell are they doing? And then they're going to go after Cheerios. But do you think there's another free agent out there that they could pick up, whether it's a pitcher or a third baseman or both, that this team would do to say, look, Craig may be gone, but we're still all in on this thing. This is It's not just about the youth and controllable contracts. It's about we believe we can win now, even with Pat Murphy and Ricky Weeks in their first year together. I wouldn't mind seeing it at all. I, I'm, I'm 50-50 on whether it'll happen, but I wouldn't mind seeing it at all. I would not mind seeing somebody come back through. Uh, you know, third base is, is a position that comes immediately to mind because it was a patchwork for the Brewers for a lot of the year. Uh, that, that's going to be significant. But there are some guys out there in free agency, not long-term solutions necessarily, but guys the Brewers have – uh, that are you know that they know about guys like Eduardo Escobar who was here before who's in his mid 30s. Mike Mustakas is in his mid 30s. These guys are are older, but they can provide a little bit of leadership for young players. And and I think Matt Arnold set a very good precedent at, at the trade deadline last year by acquiring a specific type of player at the deadline. He got Carlos Santana, he got Josh Donaldson, and he got Mark Canna. Those guys were exactly what I'm describing later career, mid-30s veteran guys. Not solutions for 10 years, but guys that can help these young players understand, you know, what goes on in the day-to-day grind and, and, you know, competing for a playoff spot and going on and winning in the playoffs. I think that's the kind of free agent you'll see. Maybe not Josh Donaldson, but someone like a Josh Donaldson who can, uh, you know, fill that role and, and help out. And then, you know, the, the shortstop position could be anything from soup to nuts. If there's a trade involving Willie Adamas, all bets are off. Then, you, then your uh, free agent could be a shortstop, too. But, yeah, veteran leader. That's what, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, now I want to go over to the Packers. Big game coming up on Sunday night, obviously, against Kansas City. And uh, even though we both, uh, Grant and I, have picked the Packers to lose this game and for the Kansas City Chiefs to cover the spread, what do you want to see out of this Packers team? Two things that that'll make me really excited for the last one, if Jordan loves confidence can carry over game to game because you can see them start to build it. But you also know when you've got a young offense, 
how one good game can make you feel maybe better than you should and one bad game can make you feel worse than you should. So I hope it doesn't fall completely apart for them offensively that, that Love continues to show signs of that growth because that's going to be important in the last five games, especially if they're competing for a playoff spot. The other thing is health in the secondary because the thought of a healthy and ready Jair Alexander, a healthy and ready Eric Stokes, healthy and ready Darnell Savage, all of those guys combined with what they've got already in that secondary uh, could, you know, I don't know if they're, if you're going to stop someone like Mahomes, but you could slow it down a little bit. And, and again, you're talking about building confidence because the, the quarterbacks that they're going to face on the other end of Mahomes, man, this thing changes in a hurry. You're talking about the Giants and Buccaneers and Panthers. You're talking about Baker Mayfield and Bryce Young and, whoever from section 219 that the Giants are going to trot out in that Monday night game. I mean, it's, you know, post Mahomes, it gets way easier for this defense. So it's, uh, yeah, if you get confidence out of love and health out of the defense, then I think this playoff idea is a legitimate idea. And it took me some time to wrap around it, but I, I think they can get there. If they're, if they're healthy, they have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Uh, this game coming up, uh, if you're going to say I've got two or three things that have to happen for the Green Bay Packers to win this game, what would that be? Run the ball is with some sort of effectiveness. Um, and I don't know exactly how that's going to look. Obviously, health is an issue there. If you have Aaron Jones and he's able to do it, that's, that's one. Run the ball effectively. The other one is continue this trend. And this has been a very good trend and I think a bit overlooked of uh, staying away from bad penalties in bad situations. And you would think that you wouldn't have to say that in the NFL, but it, it was something that affected the Packers in the first half of the year. And you notice in this run against the Lions, there weren't any of, of uh, you know, these third and six in field goal ranges that turned into third and 16 outside field goal rates. All that stuff stopped. And, and I don't know exactly where that falls, if it's better coaching players, paying better attention, knowing the system better. Whatever that is, if that holds and they stay away from those bad penalties, don't shoot themselves in the foot, then, uh, then they've got a shot at this. It's, it's still Lambo in December, and Mahomes has never been here uh, in Green Bay. And everyone wants to talk about Taylor Swift. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they're lining up for the Packers, you know? Right? I, we had almost gone an entire show without even mentioning her name today. That was my goal, so – only to get one Taylor Swift reference into the show today is not a bad way to go. So that's good stuff. Kevin, always great to talk to you. I'm glad you woke up uh, from the deep sleep that you were in. Maybe it was uh, one of the seven dwarfs that came over and uh, gave you a knock on the head. But regardless, glad to have you on board. And, and hey, are you going to be here uh, next Saturday? Oh, man. I, so so I've, I've made a, a bit of a mistake. We, we've got a, a trip to New York, my wife and I do, and we leave right before that, that event next Saturday. But, oh. uh, but anything you need for it, let me know. We can, we can, we can help, I can help you supply whatever you need. But, man, I feel okay. terrible. We, we, when you do that, I'm going to be watching the New York Islanders and trying to, to figure out the crazy accents over there. Well, that's not a bad thing, uh, especially if you can pronounce all the names. Then, you know, you're one up on us, so not a bad way to go. Kevin, have a great holiday. We'll talk to you real soon, okay, pal? Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks as always, man. All right, buddy, there you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline, talking some Brewers, talking some Packers, good stuff there. Dropping in a Taylor Swift. We had almost made it an entire show without even mentioning T-Swift's name. Oh, that was my goal today. That was my goal, so... 
Almost. Not a bad way to go. Hey, I mentioned it uh, throughout the week, and I want to hit it again for those of you that didn't know. Um, our friends at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, you hear me talk about them all the time. It's a great place. They put on great music, great shows, especially here at the holiday season. Uh, but on Thanksgiving, hackers got into their account and wiped them out So uh, to uh, the tune of a lot of money. Uh, they are a not-for-profit, and one of the things that they said is uh, if people want to make donations – uh, to the ICHC, that'd be great uh, because as far as operating funds go. Now, the bank tells them they should be able to get their money back and they should be able to, you know, kind of, you know, move on, but they're not going to get it back for about three months and they've got bills to pay. So they said any help is help. So uh, go to ICHC.net and look for the donate button. ICHC.net, look for the donate button. And it's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. And in addition to that, if you want to go hear some great holiday music or if you want to start to book your tickets now for Cynthian coming up the night before St. Patrick's Day, it is a great place. It's on West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of the Marquette campus. But it's a beautiful old uh, eclectic building, a uh, beautiful old church. So, uh, But they, they need your help. So if, if you can, you find it, whether it's a dollar, $5, $10, or $100, whatever, uh, they need your help. So ICHC.net, click on the Donate button ichc.net and then click on the donate button and and you know help them out give them a hand covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network ho 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 i need a window maybe it's cold outside so where do i go ho ho come on santa go to pella windows and doors of wisconsin now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors you and mrs claus can get your new windows while putting no money down no payments and no interest for up to 18 months Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Coming up in about five minutes, uh, he's got the book. It's called Jerry Kramer, Run to Win, uh, His Packers Life, from Lombardi to Canton. And uh, the foreword from years ago was, uh, well, the foreword was written by Jeremy Schapp. Years ago, his dad, Dick Schapp, had actually done a book on Lombardi and the Packers and such. And, um, you know, just uh, it, the book has been... Just just released not that long ago, and uh, a lot of people that I know have have read it, have looked at it. Obviously, a lot of good pictures that are in here. Um, Jerry had he, Jerry was the one that had the the CD that came out that was inside the locker room, and he was the one that put the recorder inside his locker when Lombardi would give speeches and talk to them, and then he had all these tapes. 
for years, had all these tapes. And he then went to every player. Bart wasn't real happy at the time that he found out Jerry was recording inside the locker room, but everybody gave the blessing to Jerry to say, hey, um, yeah, if you want to put this out and kind of, you know, uh, expound upon the greatness that was Vince Lombardi and the wisdom that he had, yeah, go ahead and do it because it just raised the lore of Vince Lombardi. But uh, Jerry has always been incredibly gracious, uh, obviously a Packers Hall of Famer from the Lombardi legends, and uh, we're going to talk with him coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned as the uh, Packer Hall of Famer Jerry Kramer uh, is going to be uh, going to be joining us. So we're looking forward to that. Um, by the way, from a great Green Bay Packer to a not-so-great Green Bay Packer, it was the guy that I was thinking of, as many of you on the live stream said, uh, it was uh, Ahmad Carroll. And Ahmad Carroll was uh, the guy. <laughs> That was drafted by Ron Wolf, and Ahmad Carroll was the guy that kept grabbing and grabbing and grabbing, and I think they put boxing gloves on him, but I know he got into an argument with um, with Ed Hockley, and Ed Hockley said something to him, and his response to Ed Hockley was, come on, dog. And Ed Hockley, because we had found about, out about this after the game, and Ed Hockley said, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> so... That was Ahmad Carroll. He wasn't uh, he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, we'll say. So, that's for sure. But I believe it was Ahmad Carroll. <laughs> so, I'll never forget that. Never forget that. He was and it was uh, it was either it was either Ron Wolf or Mike Sherman because Ted Thompson wasn't there. It might have been Mike Sherman that drafted Ahmad Carroll. As a matter of fact, now that I think about it. Because Ahmad Carroll was just before Ron Wolf. So, yeah, that would have been that would have been Mike Sherman, but I'll never forget that. Ed Hockley standing in the tunnel explaining the uh, the back and forth that he and Ahmad Carroll had with one another, and it's overheard. And he said, he said, said to me, come on, dog. I said, what? What the, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> so. All right, coming up, the man himself, the man himself, Jerry Kramer is going to join us. The book is called Run to Win was written by Bob Fox. My Packers life from Lombardi to Canton. Jerry Kramer, up next on the Bill Michael Show. We'll be right back. 